Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and Fully Loaded Chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. What's up, everybody? Uh, Andrew and Paul coming at you today. Corey's off on assignment. Uh, we've got a little special episode here. It's going to be on the shorter side of things, but very relevant. We had the ability to talk with David Kohler today, uh, the Ohio Department of Natural Resources Division of Wildlife, specifically around the Ohio Landowner Hunter Access Partnership Program. A mouthful, Paul. Did I get it right? You did verbatim, baby. Uh, so this is the the as we've referred to it as the landowner access program, um, where we've got landowners that are opening up their property to yeah. hunters um, for the year throughout the year. And we, I think, we went through pretty good. Asked him a lot of questions um, regarding the program and how things are going. As he mentions in the in the program, we're up to 51 properties across the state. Um, one thing I wanted to mention in, in the interview, we talk about Googling OLAP. If you want to find out more information about it, I think you really need to Google OLAP Ohio and O-L-H-A-P-P Ohio, or you can go through the ODNR website. Uh, there's more, more information there as far as, and then also the map. That's where you can um, do the apply for the permits and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so this is a really neat. It's a really neat program. Um, the the mapping system. It's really it's really neat. You can see there's there's little dots, and I'm sure a lot of guys have, have been been on here. But um, the state and the landowners that uh, that are participating in this have done. I think they're doing a really good job. So. Um, it's up to the hunters that do participate in this. Um, I really, you know, just a reminder, be respectful. You're on someone else's property. Um, you know, be respectful of hunters, of, of landowners. Don't leave trash around. Don't trash, you know, right up their property. And, um, you know, just, just be respectful. So I, I think this is going to be long-term. I think it's going to be a good, a good program for the hunters uh, in the state of Ohio. Um, it sounds like David and, and, and the folks running this at, at the Department of Natural Resources have big plans for this. So, um, yeah, participate in it. Check it out. Um, we, we do talk about, uh, you know, how the, how the program works and the permitting works and, and answered some, some, pretty, some pretty good questions. But on their website, there is a, uh, an FAQ section. So check that out. But uh, I hope you guys enjoy this uh, and, and, and dive into it. So, yeah. and like Paul said you know, leave, leave the areas better than when you found them. Uh, this could be a really cool program and Ohio, I don't think we'll ever have, you know, 10 million acres of public land, but this is about as close as it might get, uh, from somebody who's hunted some very small properties over the years. You can also be uh, very successful on those. So don't turn your nose down and, 
if you've got the opportunity, get out there, take advantage of it during the month of November. Um, but we're, you don't want to hear about us from us. Let's, let's talk to David and uh, get you the, the real information. So take care, everybody. What's up, everybody? We are here today with David Kohler of the ODNR and the Division of Wildlife. David's going to talk to us a little bit today about the land access program that is new this year. David, how are you doing today? I'm doing just great. How are you? Fantastic. Uh, if you want to give us a rundown real quick of what you do within um, ODNR and, and, and uh, how it affects our hunters out there. In the state, yeah. So I am. Um, I'm a program administrator with the Division of Wildlife. I've been with the Division of Wildlife for 29 years and some change, and had a lot of different uh, positions. Um, the current position, pr- primary duty, is I deal with human wildlife interactions. So basically, uh, trying to help folks that are having issues with um, you know wildlife, whether it be white-tailed deer or Canada geese or raccoons or what have you. I oversee. Um, administer those programs. Um, and then I've taken on the role of this access program, uh, what we call OHAP or Ohio uh, Landowner Hunter Access Partnership. So that's been taking up a lot of my time lately is launching this new access program. Very good. Well, do you want to talk to us a little bit about the, the land access program? I know it's it's new this year and we've, uh, we've touched on it a little bit on our previous shows, but I didn't really want to dive too deep into it without having the expert uh, to explain to us. So, Yeah, I appreciate it. So yeah, basically what this is, it's a new way for us to uh, find hunters access on private property. And it's funded uh, through the Farm Bill. Um, and so it's it's with a program, it's a national program called Voluntary Public Access Habitat Incentive Program, what we call it VPA HIP. And uh, basically, we applied for a grant. Um, we received $1.8 million that we can use for the next uh, three years to incentivize landowners to open up their private grounds for, for hunters. And so what we've been doing is we've been um, you know, reaching out to landowners. Um, it's a statewide program, but we really have uh, focused on areas that, A, um, landowners that already have some some good habitat, some areas that are maybe enrolled in conservation reserve program, which is known as CRP or wetland reserve enhancement, WRE programs. Um, so that's one area we really tried to target to get those landowners signed up. We also, we have some areas in Ohio, you, as you know, not all public lands are distributed equally across the state. So we have um, some focus areas that we've uh, identified and, and these we defined as areas uh, uh, parcels of land that are greater than 20 miles by by road from a parking lot on existing public hunting land. So we we incentivize those particular uh, places as well. Um, and also we wanted to get some uh, some hunting opportunities close to where people live. And so we've we created some buffer maps around major uh, metropolitan areas, etc., to um, try to target those areas. And essentially. We just give bonus points in the application for those if they fall within those 
those areas or if they already have um, land and CRP, et cetera. Um, we are paying, the program pays, uh, depending on what sort of a ground you have, it's $2 an acre for row crop, but it's $30 an acre for any permanent wildlife uh, cover. So and it's we're paying a two years at a time. So we're signing up these landowners to two-year agreements, paying them up front. And then we've come up with a reservation system on our website. And I'll tell folks, uh, if you just Google OLHAP, O-L-H-A-P, uh, if you Google that, you'll, you'll get our website. On there, there's a lot of information about the program, but also, more importantly, um, you'll be able to, to reserve the spots. There's a, there's a desktop app as well as a mobile app on there that, that folks can click on that. It's going to show them a map of the state of Ohio. Each place that each uh, parcel of ground that's in the program right now will have a little dot. They can zoom in on those properties or click on that dot, and it's going to allow them to get a, a daily permit for those properties. Now, basically, the permit will allow them to, to hunt the following day. It, it rolls over every night at 8 p.m. So it's we, we didn't want to have a situation where somebody, early bird, got in there and just reserved the you know, 60 days straight and nobody else could get in. So we've got it on as a daily reservation type of setup and it rolls over every night at eight o'clock. So if you go to 8 p.m. and you get a permit, it's for the following day. If you would go in at say 4 p.m., you're getting it for the current for the current day. So we launched this on September uh, 24th. And so far we've had about 700 permits have been issued. Uh, I was looking at the numbers recently and we're going about 40 a day right now. And, and keep in mind, during this process, we've been adding more properties as we go. So when we first started and launched it, there was only about 11 properties in the program, but we had a bunch of properties in queue. Uh, currently, we have about 7,500 acres um, that's in the program and 51 different properties. And we have about 10 more uh, properties that, that we're still you know, finalizing the agreements on with the landowners. Obviously, we don't allow access until Everything's signed on the dotted line, but um, uh, we're pretty we're pretty uh, thrilled with kind of a reception we're getting. Obviously, we would like, like some more landowners interested. And my pitch would be if you're looking, if you're a landowner looking for a way to make some extra money and at the same time provide some outstanding, um, you know, basically keeping a, a way of life uh, for a lot of people and a passion um, for outdoor pursuits and hunting, um, you get the best of both worlds. You're, you're making some money and you're also giving back. Um, and if you've got deer issues, which I told you I cover some of that, if you've, if you've got uh, overabundance of deer and they're impacting your crops, then what better way than get, some, you know, get paid for the, the access that the hunters coming in and they take some deer off the landscape for you. Yeah, I know as we've been watching the program, it did start with just a handful of properties and you guys have added, I think actually last night I was looking, it was 47. So now you're saying 51, you're saying 51, just even in the last 24 hours or so, I added a couple more. Um, that's great. What kind of feedback have you had from the landowners? I guess there's two parties involved with this, really. It's the landowners and then the hunters. Uh, from the landowner perspective, have you heard any feedback yet on, on how it's working for them? Uh, so far, it's, it's been positive. Now, um, we haven't got in in depth. The part of this program, and obviously, anytime you're you're getting money, uh, in this case, it's grant money. And what we do is we spend the money up front and then ask for reimbursement. You, you, there's certain things you have to achieve, and one of those things is part of this grant is evaluating the program. So we are in, in the process of we're going to survey the hunters once a month, 
Um, obviously, you don't want survey fatigue, so you don't want to survey them every day, but we'll get an idea of what their level of satisfaction is with, with the hunting experiences. Um, and then we're going to send out letters to uh, landowners to get, get their feedback. But so far, just getting emails and things from hunters and landowners alike, um, positive comments. Obviously, if you're, if you're a hunter, um, getting access is, depending on where you are in the state, uh, can be difficult. So we've, we've nothing but positive comments um, from hunters about the program and glad to see that we're, we're doing it. We're the 27th state now to have this program. Um, and so a lot of a lot of our hunters are familiar with it from maybe hunting out in Kansas or some of these other states. Uh, so they're glad to see it coming here. But we will have a little bit more in-depth um, evaluation uh, coming up. But I got to thank uh, the landowners are the, are the key here. Without their participation and without them getting on board, and, and you know, we would be dead in the water. Right away, as soon as we started talking about the program, we had a, a lot of uh, interest from hunters. You know, in fact, it's sort of like we were getting emails every day from hunters, and, and you know, when's it? When are we? When can I see these these properties? And, and I would just have the whole off. We, we still need to sign up some landowners. So it was great to see that everybody was interested right away. And so what we're doing right now is we will continue to take landowner applications, and we will just go ahead and process those and put them in queue and on standby for our next our next round of agreements, which is to be determined. But we'll we will announce that at some point. But we're, we're still interested in getting more landowners signed up. Now, if I'm a landowner, David, can do I have con control or not necessarily control, but do I have say over the hunters that can participate in the program on my property? If I if a, if a landowner has has problems with a hunter, you know, if they're leaving trash or debris or not respecting the property, can can I limit who can hunt on my property? Y yes. Uh, here's the way that works. So typically, as you know, in Ohio. Uh, if you're just talking hunting on private land, you you need written permission. So, mm -hmm. you know, a hunter would go to the landowner, knock on the door, call them up, what have you, and need to get written permission. In this system, we, we sign the contract with the landowner, and then we become the agent for the written permission, essentially. When they go in and get a permit, they're getting uh, written permission. However, there are many rules that they need to, to sign off on and attest to. And so, basically, the hunter attest that they're going to follow all these rules. They're going to, you know, basically be legal. They're not going to do any vandalism. They're not going to leave litter, all of those things. If they break any of those, and when they attest, they say they're going to follow these rules at any, any time that they're not following those rules, that basically revokes that permit. So essentially at that point, it becomes a hunting without permission if they're not following the rules. So it's a, yes, the answer is yes. It's a little bit different the way it normally would work though. Um, but yeah, obviously uh, in the contract, it's, it's, it basically says if, if somebody's being belligerent or shows up, you know, under the influence of alcohol or something of that nature, they could certainly uh, be removed and, and our, our wildlife officers would be contacted and, and take care of that. Um, haven't had anything like that uh, so far. It also, I should mention that when the hunter attests to it, they're, they're attesting to hold the landowner uh, harmless as well, because uh, the liability question comes up a lot. So that's, I encourage everybody to check out that website. There's frequently asked questions on there for both the hunters and the landowners. And I know we won't be able to cover all the different things. As we were putting this program together, there were a lot of different questions that came up, as one can imagine. Um, I should point out that there's a couple caveats to the program. One, launching it, uh, we wanted to err on the side of, of really getting the landowners comfortable first. 
So when we started the program, we, we kept deer gun hunting out of it. Um, you can hunt during the deer gun season, but you can't use a firearm, uh, need to use archery equipment. Um, the other thing is we didn't uh, include trapping in the program at this point. So basically, if you do get a permit, though, you can, you can hunt any legal species that's, that's in, um, with the caveat that you have to be off the property by 10 p.m. at night. So it's 5.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night is when you can be on the property. Hunt any legal species, uh, just can't use a firearm uh, to hunt deer. So you could use a firearm to hunt turkeys or doves? Correct. Or, hmm. Yeah. We, we really thought, and uh, looking at it, and every state's a little different. Obviously, Ohio's land parcel size are considerably smaller than some of your western states. Uh, we really thought that keeping the deer gun hunting out of it, at least while we started and evaluated the program, would, would be a good idea. And so far, I think that's been the right decision. Now, the, the so if you're hunting just say you're hunting geese, Canadian geese, uh, on a farm. I know there's, there's limits. So it's one hunter per what? 50 acres, correct? So if 50 acres of permanent wildlife cover. So, okay. Now does that apply to just say like a cornfield row crops? Could what, what I'm getting at, if, if myself and my friend, we both were fortunate enough to get access to a property to hunt geese, could we sit next to each other and, and hunt? those animals or do we have to be on separate parcels of the property? How, how's that work? You can sit next together. It's, it's okay. basically, it's, it's a density thing. We wanted also wanted to, again, roll the program out. First step was to make sure that, you know, the landowners are comfortable with the program. So uh, we, we looked at some different um, things, but we talked about at one time having, you know, allowing parties to go like a person who got a permit, they could bring another person. But the problem is with this written permission scenario, as I discussed before, we really need it to be a one-to-one scenario where each person that's got permission has a permit. And so the question often comes up, hey, I want to, what if I want to take a youth? Well, you need to have two permits. You need one for each person. And we we haven't found a way around that yet, but um, that's a great question. So yeah, you don't have to, you know, basically if six people get permits for a 300 acre property that has 300 acres of permanent cover, they could all, if let's say they're dove hunting, they all hunt together. Um, if they're archery hunting, they split up um, however they want to do it. Really. Do if so, if I'm going to go in and hunt deer and I do I have to tell the landowner what I'm planning to go in to hunt or is it? Uh, like species, I guess there's a difference if, if you agree that somebody's going to be out there in the morning and you hear a gun going off versus you don't, you know, cause they're out there doing bow hunting, um, just as like a courtesy to the, the landowner. Yeah. So great question. So when, when a person goes in and fills out the permit, um, they're going to put in out, you know, their, their name, email, essentially they're going to get the permit through the email, their email, but they're also a place where they're going to say what they're planning on hunting. So it's a drop-down mm-hmm. menu and they'll select deer. Obviously right now, most people are selecting deer because Upland's not in yet and uh, waterfowl you know, wasn't in. So you can select deer, you can select turkey, what, what have you, or other. Um, and then once the permit, you actually test everything and hit submit and you get the permit, the, uh, the hunter's emailed a permit. The landowner is also emailed and it tells them who is coming on their property and what they're planning on hunting. Now, I won't tell them what time they're going to show up, but as you intimated, if, if it's spring turkey season, one can expect somebody probably to be there before the sun's up. So, 
And I noticed I was clicking around last night on the map um, that some of the properties, they have real blatant directions. Don't park here. We need you to park here. Don't smoke. Uh, one I was, I was uh, reading the landowner has paths mode throughout and they walk it every day. So just to keep you, you know, make sure that the, the hunter is aware of what they expect when they, they get on that property. Yeah. So when our staff, um, we have uh, district contacts for the program and, that, and those, those folks are on the website. But when our staff goes out and actually uh, helps the landowner with the application, they essentially use an iPad and a survey one, two, three instrument and they trace out the boundaries that the, the landowner is wanting to include. And, and basically there's a place for there to add any, type of instructions the landowner wants. And that's what you're seeing. Those then get printed on the map, those instructions. So yeah, we can fine tune it to any particular things the landowner's wanting. And I should, I should point out for, for any interested landowners, you don't have to put your entire property in the program. Um, if there's, if you've got a couple hundred acres and you just want to put 50 of it in or hundred acres of it in or what have you, um, we can we can do that as well. It's a great, a great program. I know the, the state, if I recall a while ago, tried something similar to this. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't think it was success as successful as, as this seems to be. So. Yeah. The big um, difference there. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. No, you're fine. Go ahead. please. Yeah. The big difference there was that was um, we were working with the fire bureau on that. And, and incidentally, we, we've had a lot of support from them on this particular program but in that particular case it was simply looking at a way to match people up on a website so this these would be um, farmers who are having deer damage issues and hunters who are looking to uh, hunt deer obviously there was no financial incentives no no money being paid to landowners to open up access um, and that may have been you know why that died on the vine so this this one we're lucky enough to have you know, federal funding, um, you know, enough money to make it significant. We, we're probably going to get um, this first round up. We're going to be close to 10,000 acres. And, and we, we anticipate if this continues to grow, that we'll be at, you know, hopefully add another uh, number similar to that for the, for the next go around. Um, so, so far I've been very, very pleased. And when we launched it, you, know, you have no idea what, what kind of feedback you're going to get from landowners. Uh, there's a lot of people wouldn't work in Ohio, would it not? Uh, so far, uh, we're, we're pretty pleased. David, I know you said it's part of the grant and all that kind of stuff. Do you, do you foresee it being something that we, we see permanently down the road? Is it uh, obviously you got to find the funding, but somehow, sometimes we are able to do that better than others? So. Yeah, so that's a great question. We, we will likely reapply. You know, that's my feeling right now. We're going to reapply for the grant as it comes up. But we have had some internal conversations. How, how can we keep this going regardless whether we get the grant, you know, money or not? So um, we have to take a hard look at that and see how we can get that accomplished, whether it be, um, you know, coming up with, an, you know, a funding like, okay, somebody has to buy, a, you know, stamp to go on these properties. These are some things other states have done to enhance their programs. So those things are, are all things we can look at as we evaluate the program. But we've sort of taken an adaptive approach to this. Um, we're, we came up with what we thought would work and then we're gonna evaluate the program. 
and see what tweaks you know we need to make and but um i'm hoping it stays around for a long time yeah it seems good well i did have my career i thought of one other question um so if i have 50 acres okay so i've got one permit to give out um i also want to hunt my own property or i have you know my brother somebody wants to come out is that something that can happen where that, you know, even though you gave out your permit, then you send somebody else in or you have to notify them? Is is there agreement ahead of time with the, the landowner when they, they sign their contract? Yeah, so that's in the great question. That's in the agreement that, you know, because we knew there would be landowners that this, you know, hey, I've had uh, my nephew or comes and hunts Thanksgiving every year. So, yes, if, if they have, they can give additional permission outside the OHAP program to friends and family and things of that nature. Um, what they can't do is, is they, if they sign up for this and they're under contract, they can't go ahead and take money for leasing that ground to somebody else. But they can still um, provide. I, I mentioned that trapping is not part of this program. If the landowner has issues with something and wants, say, somebody to come and trap coyotes or, or something of that nature, um, they can still give that permission outside the program. It's just not granted through this program. So, anything, same thing with deer gun hunting, if, if, if the landowner wanted to allow somebody to deer gun hunt, they would have to get that permission separate outside of this of this program. A couple other caveats with this is because it's a daily permit, um, we, we're not allowing, the, the OHAP permit does not allow you to uh, put up trail cameras or, um, you know, feeders, no, no baiting of any kind. Um, we've already had some questions about that because in some cases, as you mentioned, there might be somebody that already has permission and they might, you know, hunters might see a feeder out there and that, that's not through the OHAP permission. It's through a you know, separate type of permission. Do, do hunters have the ability to go out and scout at all? Or is that basically they have to use a permit one day to go scout and then a permit another day to. So if they basically, if, if you get the permit, you can go there, you know, whether you choose to, to hunt something that day or scout, that's, that's your choice. Um, so yeah, they can, they can scout it. Now, caveat is they have to hope they get, you know, selected again, but, but it seems like in most cases, um, I think we're going to have enough properties when it's all said and done to accommodate a lot of people. Uh, but yes, the answer is yes. I had one other question. It just slipped my mind. Oh, is there anywhere that we are keeping track of the number of deer or really any animal that are harvested off of those pieces of property. As in, I want to go hunt this place, but if it's already had, you know, a plethora of deer taken out of there, maybe I don't want to hunt because it's kind of cleaned out. No, not this time. We don't, we're not going to have that. What we will do is when we survey landowners, we'll get an idea of what, and the hunters will get an idea of what their satisfaction level is, but but no, at this point. Um, and as you know, when when somebody um, harvests a deer and goes to check it in, you know, we don't have at that level of specificity either. Basically, just say private ground in what county. So now um, don't have anything like that set up, and no, I don't know of any other state that does anything like that as either. So gotcha. Cool. Well, Paul, do you have any other questions? While you're... No, I don't. Just hey, thanks for putting this together, and and uh, I hope it's a great success. Um, I know I, I I'm looking at the website right now, and I'm 
I might use one of these permits this week. So there you go. Well, and I, I, yeah. If you do, I hope you have a good hunt. Um, I'm looking forward to the, to the archery season really kicking into gear here pretty soon. So we've had yeah. been good so far, but um, I thank you for, for having me on and allowing me to talk about this. I think it's, it's going to be a, a great program and um, I'm, ha- I'm really hoping people take advantage of it. Yeah. yeah we really me, appreciate me it. Yeah. So, we'll have you on. We'll have you on for an update. Just to recap. If you guys want to look into this, it's O L H A P. Uh, you can Google that. I think you can also find it through the ODNR website. Um, but yep, lots of information out there. And uh, David, we really appreciate it. And we will talk with you soon. Likewise. Thank you very much. Thank you, yep. sir.